Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And on today's show, we've got to talk a little basketball first because it was a huge win for Wisconsin, their first win at East Lansing against Michigan State since 2004. So a big W for them on Christmas Day. A lot of fun to watch. Really an entertaining game back and forth for the Badgers. So Exciting times uh, to get a big, big 10 W. All of them are, are very important, but to win on the road at Michigan State is hard to do. So we'll talk about that a little bit before we get into the preview for our Dukes Mayo Bowl. Yes, that's the granddaddy of them all. The Dukes Mayo Bowl out east should be a lot of fun, so we'll get into that, break down everything offensively, defensively, and uh, and talk about Wake Forest a little bit. I'm not sure how much football uh, of Wake Forest some Badger fans have watched. It'll be good to give you guys a little preview. And then at the back half of the show, we, of course, have our interview with Cameron Dubrow of Blogger So Dear. He's a Wake Forest student, and it will come on to give us a little insight on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons and how their year has went. So, Matt, how are you doing, and uh, how'd how'd your Christmas go? I'm doing great. You know, it's it's good to... Talk, talk back a little bit of fo- football and uh, basketball after that huge win, like you mentioned, against Michigan State. Um, but Christmas is good, pretty surreal, just not a whole lot going on because of uh, COVID and kind of staying close to home. But at the same time, it was nice to be able to relax a little bit and just enjoy some of the sports that we're on and, and family. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it was uh, it was a odd Christmas for sure. It's not the usual one, but uh, it was fun to at least – Watch some uh, Badger basketball and Bucks basketball. Um, it was a good, good day overall, and I'm really excited to thankfully be talking about a Badger win in this recap, and then hopefully get into uh, an exciting Duke's Mayo Bowl. I've been looking up some stats for Wake Forest um, this morning. I think it'll be a fun one to discuss, and it should be an entertaining game on uh, Wednesday morning afternoon. So uh, before we get into the Mayo Bowl, let's talk some basketball. Kind of wrap that game up um it was it was a big win for wisconsin on the road first win like i said since 2004 at michigan state which was a pretty special year for wisconsin just how big in terms of everything that comes into big 10 play is it to win on the road but also win at a place that you have really struggled to win at for the last you know 15 15 seasons Oh, I think it's absolutely huge. You look at it, and it was a really good team effort. You saw a lot of guys contributing across the entire lineup. Um, you know, you look at a guy even like Trevor Anderson, who only put in two points, but but he did a lot of the little things with three rebounds, um, and and was had, led the team with a eleven plus minus. So you look at it, and this team really showed that hey, they can compete with anybody. They took down a, a really tough Michigan State team. You know. It's not the same road environment that you you usually see at at, as, at the Breslin Center, but at the same time, to get a big marquee win on the road earlier in your season to not only bolster your resume, but also build up some confidence in some guys, I think is going to pay major dividends later on in the year. Yeah, I think it'll be a, a huge win for them. Of course, you talk about Big Ten standings overall. Just to win on the road is important. 
Um, but momentum-wise, it's it's a place that Wisconsin teams of the past have struggled to go and win at. So to be able to go to East Lansing and pick up a victory against the Michigan State team that, you know, in our preview show, we talked that they were kind of struggling. Um, you know, they had that bad loss to Northwestern, struggling to find, you know, their dominant score. Uh, they don't have Cassius Winston to rely on to kind of run the offenses through, and they were looking for their, their new number one go-to guy. And, and that was kind of noticeable at some points for, for Michigan State and Wisconsin, thankfully, had their number one guy, you know, in, in Demetri Trice that game, but thankfully they had some other guys as well that were able to put in buckets. In the last uh, in the last episode, we talked about having the, them having balanced scoring attack, and if Demetri Trice is putting in that many points, you're usually gonna probably come away with the victory because he ne- he's usually the the facilitator, the guy that can distribute the basketball to some of these other guys. So if he's able to do that and other guys are able to score, it really makes this offense literally click well, and, and Wisconsin did a great job of, of doing that and, and picking up a big victory. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Dimitri Trice. I thought he had a phenomenal game. Um, you know, he was by far the best player on the court in that game. You, you look at what he was able to do to dictate uh, most everything that Wisconsin was able to do. You look at Michigan State jumping off to that nice little run at, at the start of the second half. It was Dimitri Trice who kept the Badgers afloat and, and was a big reason why they were able to, to get that W. Um, I, I think you look at his last couple times playing against Michigan State, I don't know what it is, but there's something that elevates his game, whether it's that uh, his, his brother played there and whatnot. He, he played really good against Cassius Winston last year when they had that huge victory at the Cole Center um, where he, he just shut down Cassius Winston and outplayed him. Um, so kudos to him for having a really good game. But, but really, you look at the, this team, what they were able to do at forcing turnovers against Michigan State, that Wisconsin, outside of the beginning little run of turnovers to start the game where they had four of them right away, Trice had two of them, they, they were really clean the rest of the way with only seven for the entire game, whereas Michigan State uh, kind of stubbed themselves in the toe quite a few times. Aaron Henry had seven turnovers alone. He's one of their better players, and he struggled um, throughout the game. But then Wisconsin used those turnovers to put in 20, 24 points off turnovers and, and also were able to get into fast-break situations and where they outscored Michigan State 16-6, to things that you nor, don't traditionally see from a Wisconsin team, especially on the road in a tough environment. So the, the Badgers put, looked really good. It was a really fun game how it went back and forth, back and forth consistently. Both teams would go on little runs, and, and you'd think, oh, okay, this is, this is a time for one of them to kind of, um, you know, pull ahead, but but neither team was able to, and Wisconsin at the end was able to, to secure a win, and, and they were the more consistent team throughout the game, which I think is the most important thing and indicative of how many seniors they have on this team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the, the what you brought up, kind of getting out in, in transition and, and, and capitalizing on the turnovers was what kind of really stood out to me in this game is that you know there were multiple times in the the announcers were kind of saying, you know, this game is being played in the way Michigan State wants to and in their pace. You know, you talk about pace and tempo a lot in college basketball. You talk about it a lot with Wisconsin, too, because, you know, normally the Badgers at home or on the road in a tough environment like that like to slow the game down. And that aspect of it was really interesting to see because Wisconsin, you know, you talk about we, – we've mentioned pace a little bit here already. Wisconsin generally likes to play a slower game and a slower tempo. So for the Badgers to kind of win – this game a different way was, was really telling. Um, there was almost times where Michigan State pulled the basketball back and, and tried to slow it down a little bit because Wisconsin was, was playing their game and, and kind of beating them at their own game. And 
and really looked good doing it. So Wisconsin traditionally will try to win games, you know, slower and low scoring on the defensive end of the basketball court. But uh, at the same time, this proved that they can beat a good team by playing a little bit faster pace, which will be important as you get into Big Ten play against some of these teams that like to go. You know, you look at Iowa, you look at Illinois, teams that like to go and score. Um, you know, Wisconsin, if they can play and at least hang around in some of those games where these teams get on those runs, that'll be important uh, as the season wears on. So that really stood out to me. Anything else really stand out to you in this game before we get into some Duke's Mayo Bowl talk? Uh, just a couple other things. I, I like to see Nate Reavers later on in that game. He really struggled the first half, but you saw him put in all of eight of his points in those final, like, what, seven minutes of the game to hopefully build his confidence back up. We talked on the last episode about how important it was to get him going. Um, I, I thought I'll lean forward. You, you look at that behind-the-back toss where he was um, trying to keep the ball alive. That led to the um, Jonathan Davis easy basket. That was a, such a backbreaker for Michigan State when that happened in such a huge moment. Um, I thought Jonathan Davis playing the second most minutes um, on the team is, is pretty noteworthy. Uh, you know, I thought he looked really good. He looked the part. I think he was in there primarily because of his quickness and his defense. Um, but then ad- additionally, the ability for the Badgers to get to the free throw line, uh, shooting 30 free throws um, compared to Michigan State 16 was, was huge as well. I know part of that's garbage time at the end where they're just trying to um, make the Badgers miss from the line. But at the same time, getting to the free throw line like that can, can be huge for this team. And, and really, it was just a really good offensive effort and defensive effort against a really solid team in Michigan State. Yeah, huge win for Wisconsin. It gets them off to a really good start in Big Ten play, 2-0 and as they get ready for a contest with Maryland and a contest with Minnesota, who's playing really well. Um, they'll take them on a New Year's Eve. So a couple big games coming up here with Minnesota coming off their win over Iowa. So a lot of, uh, a lot of quality opponents on the schedule left for um, the Badgers here as you get into further Big Ten play. It'll be uh, an interesting interesting little week and in, in run between Christmas and New Year's Eve and, and into full Big Ten play for the Badgers here. All right, it's time to talk some Mayo Bowl, so let's get right into that. Wisconsin and Wake Forest will meet in Charlotte on December 30th, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Intriguing game for both these teams coming in with 500 records. Wake Forest got a couple more games in than Wisconsin. Um, not sure how much Wake Forest everyone's really seen. They're kind of a team that for the last month or so haven't, hasn't played a lot of football. But what do you make of this matchup uh, against the Demon Deacons before we really get deep into it? Yeah, I think it's fascinating because both Wisconsin and Wake Forest have had um, some, some tough goes here be, because of everything going on with coronavirus. You look at their schedule, and, and they've had, like the Badgers, three games that were canceled um, due to you know COVID complications. They also had a bye week. So they haven't won a game in, since Halloween. And so it's going to be fascinating to see what this team looks like, given the fact that three of their last four games have been canceled. Um, they lost to a, a tough, like a Louisville team that's really had a tough year. Um, but then they almost beat North Carolina, who is a team who played really well this year. So uh, I think this is going to be a fascinating game. They're definitely a team that leans on their offense quite a bit, but I, I think this is a game that Wisconsin can do um, some good things, but they're going to need to also take care of the football, something that Wake Forest is really, really good at this year. Yeah, they've they've really done a good job. I think that was the one thing I was writing an article today. Turnover margin is something that oh, will really be important in this game. Wake Forest does a good job of hanging on to it, and their offense can really fire and click. So it's going to be uh, an interesting game to watch. 
uh, for Wisconsin in that aspect. This is probably in terms of the offense when Wake Forest is really clicking, one of the best that they've faced all season. Um, so it's going to be a good test for the Badgers um, defensively, I think, and offensively. It'll be nice to hopefully they can get something going. You know, this Wake Forest defense has struggled all season long, given up a lot of points, a lot of yards. Um, you know, nothing really. Their defense on, on the ground or in the, through the air has, has struggled to stop everyone. Um, so it'll be a, an interesting matchup for that. Maybe the Badgers can uh, get some things clicking. I know Mertz will be back, and, and that'll be something to watch for because the last drive that he was out there, the offense started to finally find its footing. So hopefully they can take advantage of a, a Wake Forest defense that has struggled. But We'll kind of get into that here. Offensively, Graham Mertz, like I mentioned, will be back to try and get clicking against that defense. What do you think the Badgers will look to do on that side of the ball? I think they got to establish the run, put Graham Mertz uh, in positive situations. you got to hope that Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, I mean, that's a broken record here that everybody's been like, well, hopefully they'll be back. Well, hopefully they'll be back. Um the way things stand, you doubt it just because they've been in the depth chart the past, what, four or five weeks, and they haven't been playing. So I, I think it's probably going to be the Jack Dunn show and, and some of those young freshmen to, to turn to for Graham Mertz. So you want to put him in positive situations, which means you've got to be able to run the ball. Um, like you mentioned, Wake Forest hasn't really done a whole lot of great things on defense. You look at Nick Anderson, walk-on safety, he's been pretty good for them at, at causing some havoc from his safety spot, but really the the rest of their team, they've got a pretty good defensive line. Linebackers are just okay. So Wisconsin needs to be able to move the ball on them and, and you know, push on that front seven of the uh, Demon Deacons. So I think Wisconsin will be in a good shape there if they can get the run game going to take some pressure off Graham Mertz. We've seen far too many times this year Graham Mertz having to drop back and throw it 35, 40 times, and that's not going to win this game. That's not what this team needs. Wake Forest doesn't traditionally try to hold on to the ball very long. They they're try to score in bunches. Wisconsin needs to control the, the pace of this game, control the time of possession, and, and move the ball up down the field and then and then force Wake Forest to do the, the same on the other end of the field. So I think Wisconsin needs to get the run game going. Jalen Berger is possibly going to be playing in this game. Graham Mertz will be. Hopefully those two can, can you know keep things humming for this offense that we saw turn things around a little bit at the end of that Minnesota game. Yeah, I think sustaining drives is, is really going to be important. You look at it in a variety of different ways. A, Wisconsin, is that's their game, time of possession, hanging out of the football, um, and, and kind of taking that clock off. But I think that's going to be really important against an offense like, the, like this that is um, you know, pretty fast-paced, high-scoring type offense in Wake Forest. Um, statistically, you know, like I mentioned, this will be the best offense they've faced. You want to try and keep them off the field because – what they do is they like to score a lot, and they like to move pretty quickly, and they like to hit on big plays. So if you can keep them off uh, the field and the offense on the field to keep moving the ball and to take time off the clock, that keeps Sam Hartman um, and the Wake Forest offense off the field. And, and then the other thing um, in terms of sustaining drives, I think, is turnovers. Um, you know, Wake Forest is, is really good in turnover margin. They they don't turn it over, you know, force offenses to turn it over as much, but they do a really good job offensively of holding onto the football themselves. So they rank second in the country in turnover margins, so that means they're doing it right on both sides of the, the field, which will be important for Wisconsin, who struggled at times to hang on to the football. You don't want to give them short field position. You want to just keep it moving, keep it in your hands, and keep it away from them. So I think all of that is really going to be important offensively, and, and able to do that. 
Um, in, in order to do that, you really have to keep the ball on the ground. So it's going to be hopefully Jalen Berger, um, a heavy dose of him running at that Wake Forest front that has struggled. Or if not, maybe it's another Garrett Groshek game. But I think it's going to be important to to keep the chains moving, try and stay ahead of it on first and second down. Don't get into long uh, passing downs where you've got to throw it you know, too far down the field. And, and then try and keep the ball as much as you can and keep Sam Hartman and that offense off the field because uh, they can really cl- score and, and score fast and score a lot of points when they're out there a lot. And, and Wisconsin does not want to get into a track meet uh, of playing catch-up in this football game. No, not at all. And and that's traditionally what's gotten Wisconsin in tough situations where they've thrown the ball a lot. So the run game is, is what really needs to happen this game because it takes pressure off of Graham Mertz and it also just makes the offense um, stay in rhythm and, and allows you to move the chains more consistently. Let's get into a little defensive talk here now. Uh, of course, defensively, Wisconsin has been great. Um, statistically, this will be the best offense they've faced so far this year. Um, what do you think is going to be the key to trying slowing them down when when, def- when the defense is on the field against the Demon Deacons? Well, Wisconsin's been really good against the run this year, and, and I think that's going to need to happen again this game. You look at Wisconsin's rushing defense, they're sixth in the nation, um, allowing about 93 yards a game, whereas you look at Wake Forest, they've got a pretty balanced attack, but they've got two really good running backs in, in Christian Bill Smith and Kenneth Walker. Uh, Walker Specifically, he's got 13 touchdowns this year, which is pretty impressive in, eight, in only seven games played. So I think Wisconsin needs to be able to shut down the run game and put Sam Hartman in a position where he has to beat you. He's, he's not anything flashy. He's got 10 touchdowns, one interception, so he takes care of the football. But he's only a 58% passer, but he's thrown for about 230-some yards a game. He's, he's a guy who's, who can make some big things happen. You see him put up big numbers against a team like North Carolina, but then you see him, you know, have tough games like he just had against Louisville. So Wisconsin needs to put him in a situation where he has to beat you. They've got some good weapons outside, but I think if you shut down the two-headed attack at running back, you know, both those guys have ran together um, for over 1,100 yards and average each about 80 yards a game. So if you can shut down those two guys, make Wake Forest one-dimensional and make Sam Hartman beat you, something that he can do at times but he's not consistent with, I think you've got a shot because I think Wisconsin's cornerbacks can do some damage um, with Wake Forest wide receivers because they do have a lot of good targets. But if you but Donovan Green might not be playing in this game, who's been a, their second-leading wide receiver due to a, a, an injury. Yeah, I think I think all of that is going to be really important, taking away the run game. They've got, like you mentioned, a couple – uh, strong running backs that can they can lean on at times to to keep some drives going and then they can kind of lull you to sleep with some of those um, you know runs from from shotguns and read option type stuff and then and then all of a sudden hit you for big plays you know they're pretty good um, in terms of the, when they're throwing the ball they're throwing it down the field they they're really good and in yards per completion 18th average about 14.35 yards per completion so they they thrive on running the ball and hitting on big passing plays so I think that's going to be important to watch for in this matchup as Wisconsin tries to slow them down. The other thing I'll be looking for, you know, for Wisconsin defensively is that they, they, they really, you know, I feel like a broken record because we talk about this every Wisconsin football game, but they really need to get some pressure. Wake Forest has really struggled to protect Sam Hartman. Um, they are 112th in sacks allowed, so they give up uh, around 3.25 sacks per game. That's a lot. Um, you know, Wisconsin last year averaged around that mark a little bit more. Um, so, 
we saw a little bit better in terms of pressure last time out against Minnesota. I think this offensive line is probably around maybe a little bit better than that Minnesota offensive line. But I think it's going to be important for the guys like Sanborn and Chanel and, some, and Herbig at the outside to really get some pressure and try and get in Sam Hartman's face. Because if you shut the run game down, like I think, like you mentioned, and I think they will be able to do at some sort of, of clip, it's going to be important to get to Sam Hartman, get some pressure on him. Because in the games I've watched this year, there's been a lot of times where he's been running around for his life because the opposing defense is really coming at them. And, and they haven't faced a defense like Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin hasn't faced an offense like Wake Forest. But Wake Forest hasn't faced a defense quite like Wisconsin. So Maybe Clemson. I was yeah, that's Clemson. True. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about the Clemson game. That's, they're on their whole other level outside of Wisconsin. But um, outside of that, you know, the ACC has been relatively weak in terms of defensive um, efficiency that way. So I think this will be a really good test for both of those units that will allow um, the Demon Deacons and the Badgers to try and to try and take advantage of the opposing, um, you know, units' weakness here quote-unquote, because that's kind of where both teams have kind of struggled. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, you look at this game, what are some of the – what's one key that you're specifically going to be looking for in this one? I think, for me, it's it's going to come down to the offense and, and where the points come from and, and how they're able to sustain drives. I think what we talked about offensively with Wisconsin – needing to keep the chains moving, and, and also I think one thing to watch for is hopefully they can start fast and get some points on the board early. You know, you look at um, Wake Forest, you mentioned it at the beginning, they haven't won a game since Halloween. They're going to be a little bit rusty. Maybe Wisconsin offensively can come out and score some points. Defense can get some stops and, and hopefully kind of take advantage of that quote-unquote rust that Wake Forest is going to have. You know, the, the two games that they have played since Halloween have both been losses. Um, gave up 59 points to North Carolina and just got completely embarrassed by Louisville team, you know, a game that they were, um, you know, a lot of people expected them to win. So this last, since Halloween, it's really been a struggle for Wake Forest, either losing games on the field badly or, or losing to cancellations for COVID. So it's going to be them coming out a little bit rusty. Wisconsin's played a little bit more recently, so I hope they can get out to a fast start, get some points on the board, get some stops, so that way, when that Wake Forest offense eventually wakes up, you know, hopefully they've got a little bit of a lead and aren't trying to play catch-up because if that offense gets clicking and Wisconsin's trying to play catch-up, I think that's going to be a tough recipe to ask for. So I think sustaining drives and, and hopefully starting fast will be the two things I'll be looking for. What about yourself? Yeah, I like those. I think for me I'm going to be watching anytime it goes that you go into a bowl game. The bowl games are more about yourself than the other than your opponent. It's about you being ready to play, you coming out firing, being um, you know on top of your game and kind of not like you talked about North uh, that Wake Forest could have some rust, not being rusty. And I think if Wisconsin can come out and and play their game and and do what they need to do, not get careless, not have pre snap penalties, things that you just can, are avoidable, and those mental lapses. I think they'll be in a good space for this game. It's, but it, I think of bowl games, and it's usually who wants it more, and and really winning kind of one-on-one matchups at times. And I think Wisconsin has some players to do that, specifically on the defensive end. They'll need to create some turnovers, though. I, I know that um, Wake Forest has been really good at taking care of the ball and creating turnovers in the other end. Wisconsin is going to need a turnover in this game, and, and I think it will because you look at the way in which um, Wake Forest tries to do things on offense. And if you can get them in a turnover, that can make it so that you have the ball for a long chunk of time and keep that offense off the field. So I think looking for a turnover um, is big for the Badger defense to get one. 
and and then additionally just playing your game and, and coming out ready to play and not allowing Wake Forest to kind of dictate the game with their offense and quick tempo. Yeah, I think uh, forcing a turnover will be important, um, and and hanging out, hopefully winning that turnover battle is going to be another important thing. I, you know, we talked about uh, Wake Forest doing a really good job of hanging out of the ball and also forcing some turnovers themselves. So Wisconsin could get a couple and, and help their offense. I think the offense will be better, but you still want to help them out any way they can, maybe get uh, some, some strong field position. A pick six or a scoop and score would be nice to see as well. So uh, let's hope for one of those in this contest. Um, in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. All right, let's get into a little bit of prediction here now. Who do you think we'll be talking about come that would be Thursday afternoon after the day after um, the Duke's Mayo Bowl for Wisconsin? I, I think I'll just start on the defensive end. I think we're going to be talking about Caesar Williams. I think, um, and it could be Fayon Hicks, it's whoever's going to be matched up most often with Jakari Roberson. The, he's a legit wide receiver, got five touchdowns, um, averaging about 100 yards a game. Over his last three games, I know that the as a team, Wake Forest hasn't been great the last three games, but his last three games, he, he put up 130 on Syracuse in a touchdown, North Carolina 167 in two touchdowns, and against Louisville 138 in a touchdown. So the dude's a baller. They need to kind of keep him in line, try to make sure to shut him down, not allow him to get um, uh, in and out of his routes as easily. You you. That will be kind of dependent on how the the game is called by officials, but we know that Caesar Williams can can oftentimes get physical and mess with the guy. I think Caesar Williams, if he he has a big game, he's a guy who it makes it a lot easier. I know he's talking about not making a decision yet about his future. I think if he has a big game, he's a guy that could really benefit from that. So you know he's going to be um, salivating at that matchup against a really good wide receiver. So I'm going to say Caesar Williams on defense. On offense, I think it's going to still come down to Graham Mertz. Like, I think that is the story of this offense. You want to get the run game going, so you could easily say maybe Jalen Berger being back or Garrett Groshek. But I just think it, it's still going to come down to quarterback play, and Wisconsin's going to need it, whether it's, you know, Graham Mertz doing just enough as in a game manager role or making some big plays with his arm down the field. I think what Graham Mertz needs to have a good game for them to win this game. So I think – Graham Mertz, and then Caesar Williams um, because of his ability to to cover a bigger um, athletic wide receiver in Jakari Roberson. Yeah, I think both of those are, are great picks. I was going to pick someone from the secondary as well, whether it be one of the corners in Hicks or, or Williams or a guy like Eric Burrell in, in probably his final game and, and trying to make a play um, against that opposing passing offense that, can, that throws the ball down the field. I think it's going to come down to – uh, of course, Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn trying to get some tackles against the run game and getting some pressure, but it's also going to come down to corners like Hicks and Williams making plays. So I think you hit the nail on the head with Williams, and I could very well see it be Hicks as well, or maybe one of the other guys that will gets worked in at the cornerback position. This is going to be a good test for all of those guys, so I'm going to be interested to see who in the secondary is able to make those plays and elevate their game to, to shut down uh, a pretty strong passing attack. And then on offense, I, I have to agree with you. I know it's cliche, but Graham Mertz, I think he's got to be the guy. I think he wants to be the guy in this game, too. He, there's been some negative talk about him all year long. I think it's somewhat, some of it's fair criticism. Some of it's been a little bit unfair and, and unjust. But he wants to come out and on a bigger stage and, and play well. I think he'd love, love to turn it around, this narrative. You say, okay, the season didn't go very well overall, but you come out, you guys beat Minnesota, you come out, win a bowl game, he plays well. Things will look much more positive as you head to 2021. 
he seems like a pretty prideful kid that wants to to make sure that uh, you know he's being talked about in a positive way. So I think he could come out and have a big game and and hopefully um, you know right the ship a little bit. I think right before he got injured, something started to look like it was clicking, and now you've got a little bit. I don't know how much he's practiced, of course, with the with the injury these last few days, but it's he sounds like he's ready to good ready and good to go. So. I'll say Mertz as well. I think he's going to have a big, strong game in this one and, and turn some positive momentum into, as he head into 2021. Oh, I, I think that's that's what this game's about. What it's always is, is with bowl games, you've seen it be something that can catapult you forward. Hopefully Wisconsin can do that. So score prediction time. Man, what do you got? Oh, man, this one is tough. I, I could see it. I could actually see it being a little bit high scoring. You know, the over-under is at about 51. I could see... I just don't know Wisconsin offensively what they're going to look like. I, I think this is a, a tough Wake Forest defense that you should be able to take advantage of, but uh, I, I'm struggling to figure out. So I was going to say Wisconsin squeaks one out 27-20, maybe a, a sloppy start, but then uh, points start to go up uh, there in the second half. Hopefully Wisconsin gets the points on the board early, but I like the Badgers to to win a somewhat high-scoring game by Wisconsin standards, like a 27-20. I'll go with that. Okay, I like it. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I do think this game could go either way. I think Wake Forest, if if they can get stuff going offensively on the Wisconsin defense, it, it could make for a long day for Wisconsin. So um, I'm going to still go with the Badgers, but I think it's going to be close. Um, I was thinking the 27-24 type range, but. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Wisconsin winning 31-23. There you go. I like it. I like it. Like I said, yeah, I think uh, I think Wisconsin can score some points, and I, I think this will be a good test for the Wisconsin defense, where they may give up more than what we're used to. I know we've seen a Badger defense just dominating, but this is a different type of offense. Um, you know, they're used to some Big Ten offenses that are a little bit more ground heavy. Um, and that moved the ball, but this team just runs a different system that Wisconsin hasn't really seen yet this year. So it's going to maybe take some adjustment periods, and I think both teams will be able to score some points. But I like both of those predictions, and, and hopefully we're both correct because that would mean we're talking about a Badger W uh, next episode. So that should be a good one. All right, guys, that wraps up our portion of the episode. Stick with us now. We've got a couple quick ad reads. Then we'll get into our interview with Cameron Dubrow, Blogger So Dear. Um, he's with SB Nation's Wake Forest site. He'll give us an insight and a breakdown on Wake Forest because I don't know about you guys. I've only seen a few Wake Forest games, so it'll be nice to uh, get some insider details on what the Demon Deacons have been like in 2020. So stick with us, and we'll be right back with you shortly. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest, Cam Dubrow. He's part of SB Nation's Wake Forest site. Um, to come again, give an insight onto um, Wake Forest and their season this year. I know it's kind of similar seasons to Wisconsin in a lot of ways with, you know, up and down in terms of wins and losses, lots of games kind of getting scrapped due to COVID. Um, I know the last few weeks for Wake Forest has kind of been tough. Um, so we'll get into that. We'll talk about the offense and defense because I think this will be a really good test for the Badgers. So, Cam, first of all, thank you for joining me on this uh, Sunday morning. And uh, how are you feeling about the Dukes Mayo Bowl? Um, I mean, Duke's Mayo Bowl, uh, formerly the Belk Bowl, one of my favorite places to go. Um, Charlotte's a fun time. Wish I could go, but work is, uh, obviously a thing. But, I mean, given everything that's going on, if you, if you asked me back in April, May, uh, you told me Wake's going back to Charlotte for a bowl game, I'm ecstatic. Obviously, expectations kind of change as things go along, found new information, things like that. But, I mean, 
hey, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It should be it should be a fun game. I know Mayo Bowl has done a really good job of promoting the game, and you know it's kind of at a weird time Wednesday at 11 a.m. But hopefully everyone's able to watch it and enjoy it. I think it'll be a fun contest between two teams that aren't super familiar with one another, but. I think where to start with this Wake Forest team is offensively. Things I, I think this is the best offense Wisconsin has faced, um, and you know, of course, led by Sam Hartman, a couple quality backs, uh, good receivers. So, what would you say is kind of the strength and, and weakness of this Wake Forest uh, offense? Um, I would definitely say the strength would be kind of the speed and balance. Uh, this offense is very predicated on staying on on target, staying on time, staying ahead of the downs, and they do a very very good job of that. Uh, throughout the season, they were led by the two-headed monster, Kenneth Walker III and Christian Smith at running back. Uh, Kenneth Walker had 13 touchdowns in seven games before he ended up opting out right before the Louisville game. Uh, Christian Smith, I think, has about seven or eight himself, but there just always seems to be a stable of running backs with this team. It just keeps going, keeps going. You always kind of look up, and it's like, oh, hey, there's another one, there's another one. Uh, but then you also look at someone like Sam Hartman, who – up until the Louisville game, hadn't thrown an interception all year. Uh, which, you know, like, you always like, oh, you know, limited interceptions, but not throwing a pick in six games is kind of unreal. Uh, we've really seen the emergence of Ja'Cory Roberson at the slot. Uh, Wiggs kind of had always had their very good slot play- players. Greg Dorch, um, who kind of bounced around a bit in the NFL, but was one of the most selected players a couple years ago. Kendall Hinton, who people might know the name of as the emergency quarterback for the Denver Broncos a few weeks ago, um, was one of the better slot receivers in the, in the ACC last year. And then now you have uh, Corey Robeson, to an extent, Taylor Moran, just kind of just getting the job done. It's always the third down, and I have this tweet I always put out as third down. Like, well, I'd run the Troy Robeson play, and like lightning, throw the Troy Robeson's eight, nine yards, first down, keep it going. They do a very good job of keeping people off bounds, and you never really know what's going to happen there. In terms of weaknesses, um, for the offense, it's the outside receiver. Um, we had gotten word last year that both Jamie Newman was going to transfer to UGA. So uh, I love Sam Hartman. He's a good quarterback. Um, the difference between him and Jamie Newman, Jamie Newman's a better kind of deep ball thrower, and that's kind of – we've kind of seen a little bit of that more and more. Um, but then we also heard that Dave Surratt was going to come back. Um NFL draft, going to be an NFL draft pick, but decided to come back, cool. But then when COVID happened, uh, he decided to opt out, especially after being injured towards the end of last year, decided to opt out. Um, since then, Wake hasn't really found that outside guy. You know, you had your Donovan Green, who was really good towards the tail end of the season as a, as a true freshman. Um, been good this year, but also been hurt. Um, so you don't really know there. A.T. Perry started producing a little bit more and more, been hurt. Uh, Nolan Rule, who I'm sure Wisconsin fans might remember from a couple of cycles, recruiting cycles ago, uh, kind of been hit or miss trying to find the stride. Like, Wake hasn't really found their true outside guy, and I think that's been the biggest kind of Achilles heel of this team. They're very good and short down. They can get the yards there, but if they need to kind of stretch the field a bit, it's been kind of hit or miss or not, they'll get that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you and I were, were talking before we started recording, you know, kind of the games that uh, – that Wisconsin fans may have seen. I know I had caught a couple that entertaining back and forth one between North Carolina and Wake. Uh, I believe I watched some of the NC State and the Clemson one as well. Maybe caught a glimpse of that Virginia Tech game. But I'm guessing most Badger fans haven't ton of, seen a ton of Wake Forest overall this season. So 
Uh, you mentioned some of the names already, but who are some of the names that Badger fans should be looking for in really on either side of the football? Um, I mean, offensively, it's just going to start in with Ford Robertson. Um, she's been one of the best receivers in the country. Can't really do anything like that. Uh, defensively, uh, I'm going to kind of throw out a couple names here. One is Miles Fox on the defensive line. I would The easy, easy answer would have been Boogie Basham, surefire first-round pick, actually decided to often go to the draft um, after the FSU game's canceled. But Miles Fox is a grad transfer from ODU. Uh, over the last four, like four or five games, he's really just turned it on. Um, there's, he's been such a big presence that, you know, like 6'1", 286, which to Wisconsin offensive lineman, it's like, oh, wow, it's kind of small, but he's been a wrecking ball. Um, I've really been very impressed by the cornerback play, um, of Wake Forest this year. We kind of came into the season, we don't really know. We lost both our starting corners to the NFL. We don't really know. Uh, Jasper Taylor and Kalen Carson have been great. Sir Taylor's a fourth-year, uh, senior. Um, been one of the best in the country. So we kind of knew what we had there, but then this freshman, Kaylin Carson, came out of nowhere and has only let up one touchdown all year. I think he's let up less than 50 yards total. Um, it's been astounding, and, you know, I think one of the biggest things that this team's going to have to do is trust their cornerbacks, and it's going to have to start with just their and Kaylin. <laughs> Yeah, there's some interesting names uh, for Badger fans to watch for. A lot of talent on there, like you mentioned, you know, NFL prospects, the whole nine yards, not just, I know, usually in college football, you maybe know the, the star running back and the star quarterback and, and go from there, but there's a lot of talent on this team, and um, I know it's been an odd season for both Badger and uh, Wake Forest fans, but uh, both teams have, have more talent than probably what the records indicate. Uh, I know one struggle for Wake Forest has kind of been the defense uh, at times. You know, I, I mentioned the North Carolina game, a lot of points there. Um, kind of a lot of points and a lot of yards across the board, which Wake Forest under Dave Clawson usually seems like it's better than what they've been this year. So what has kind of been the struggle and, and the problems on defense for the Demon Deacons? Um, I, I, I could talk about this ad nauseum, but it's a, really <laughs> it's a twofold problem. Uh, first, they've been injured, like mm-hmm. not really much to it. Uh, if you look at their, I, we haven't gotten a depth chart for the, for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, but throughout the season, they've been down five to six of their top safeties all year. Um, and you look at, you look at say, an NC State game, and you go, you know, we gave up 45 points to a better-than-expected NC State team, and it's, your state has to start putting their defensive, their D-line, and their, and their linebackers in terrible positions because they were like, well, we don't have corners and safeties to deal with. Like, they had Nasir Greer, who's actually out for the year. They were putting their best safety at their slot quarter because they had no one else to play back there. Um, and Nick Anderson, he's a great story as a walk-on freshman, um, had three interceptions versus Virginia Tech, but you're putting a walk-on freshman, 5'11", 185, um, against Diane Brown in the UNC game, it's not really going to work. Like, he's just, he just doesn't have the speed to catch up to that. Um, so injuries have really played a big part of that. Like, they've just been trying to protect the back end of the defense, and we saw the stretch of the UVA, VT, and Syracuse games that, hey, when they were healthy, no points really given up. but that's kind of been the Achilles here there. The second part is just the is just the offense. Like when you're no no team outside of Alabama expects their offense to go out there and go at lightning speed and score forty points and give the defense an extra four or five possessions a game and expect their defense to not break at some point. It's just it's just a foolish expectation. Um the defense actually uh, had their moments against you in especially in the UNC game, but there was a, there's been long stretches that the offense will just go silent. 
And when you're dealing with all these injuries and you're on the field for only a minute, minute 10, 50 seconds, mm-hmm. it's, there's just not much you can do there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's tough. And I, you mentioned long offensive stretches without scoring. Wisconsin fans know that well. They've had uh, three or so games where they've really struggled to score points. So I know what you're coming from uh, in that regard. And, um, yeah, that should be something to watch for as both of these you know teams and units try to get things going in this uh, Mayo Bowl. I know there's been a long layoff for Wake Forest, which has kind of impacted them as well. What has the last, like, month been like? Because I know I think the last game – Wake Forest won was Halloween, and then there's been cancellations and lost games kind of mixed in between that. So how hard is that, and, and how much of an impact do you think that's kind of had on the team? I mean, Coach Dave Clawson has the saying that uh, a bye week after a loss is a terrible place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had they got an impromptu bye week after the UNC game, which is a game by all accounts they should have won. And from there they had, what, three weeks off until the Louisville game, and they basically had two days of practice going into that. Um, and then we're excited to play FSU, come back off loss, and then FSU cancels, like FSU's done three times now. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been, as a fan base, it's been kind of rough because then you start getting to overanalyze, you know, like we need to figure out what's wrong here, 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 and it's just been this whole kind of mess. But then, you know, talking to the players and really seeing what these guys have, like they're ready, they're ready to play. Um, these guys have played, this is what, their second game in two months. Like, out of everything they've wanted to do, it's the one thing they've wanted to do. And I think that it's honestly, it's been a blessing and a curse. It's been obviously a curse you want to play football, but also a blessing because, like I said, with the injuries, they've been so injured. Now they've actually had a month and a half to start getting people back. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to get people to buy back in, you know, after, you know, they had Christmas um, just passed and New Year's is coming up and all the time they want to go back home. But now it's like, okay, we have. We have this one more game. You're finally good. Hey, you finally got your guys back. And I think that's going to start trying to play into this game now. <laughs> yeah, and and that could be a big momentum builder for, for you know 2021. I know Wisconsin's kind of dealing with the same thing, trying to get some things going positively in the right direction to to kind of move things um, into a positive light as you go into next season, which will hopefully, fingers crossed, be back to normal. So, rounding up here a little bit. Um, what is maybe the one thing you'll be watching for in this game, and, and do you have a score prediction or, or end result that you think will happen for us? Um, I it's it's essentially when we first got this matchup, I pointed it at it's the immovable defense of Wisconsin. Wisconsin always just seems like a team that just what number one in time of possession, just stout defense, two linebackers that are just amazing out of the world. Um, versus a team that is just lightning speed and wake force, they're going to try and just run you off the field. Um, I mean, it's going to come down for me to what this offense can do. Um, I'm always looking to see if the defense is healthy, but if this offense can start going and going, um, just from what I've watched from Wisconsin, I know that they're, that they, you guys have also had your injury issues and COVID. It's, I feel a bit more comfortable getting into a shootout with Wisconsin than I do with, with it being a, 17 to 14 game or a 21 to 17 game. I, I feel way better if this game goes to the 30s and 40s than I do if it gets in the low 20s. Um, in yeah. terms of score <laughs> position, um, I mean, this feels like a, like an under game, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you, if you say you say game of uh, in the 30s and 40s, I think that would be, like you said, bad news for Wisconsin because it's been a long, long time since they've, since they've scored 30 points. So uh, if the offense is not able to keep pace with that Wake Forest offense, 
it'll be a struggle. So I totally hear what you're saying, trying to get uh, that track meet going. I think for a test in terms of the Wisconsin defense, this will be the best test they face. So I think it'll be an intriguing matchup for sure, and uh, hopefully both fan bases will enjoy it. I know, like I said earlier, these two programs probably aren't super familiar with each other, but I think it'll be a fun game um, to start your Wednesday morning that way. So. Cam, thanks again for joining us. Uh, enjoy the the Mayo Bowl, and uh, we wish you guys the rest of the uh, luck into next season as well. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up our portion of the episode. We'll be back with you to recap Duke's Mayo Bowl later on. Thank you guys for listening, and as always, on Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you.